I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome to the RHS Gardening Podcast. I'm Jenny Bowden, one of the RHS's team of horticultural advisors, based here at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey. Every fortnight in these podcasts, we explore a broad range of gardening topics, plant care, growing your own fruit and vegetables, weather protection, pest control, garden design, ideas for small spaces and places to visit. Plus, we bring you expert gardening advice throughout the year. Coming up in this edition, plants to bring a dash of colour and brightness to combat the winter grey, weather awareness, how to spot and treat winter damage in your garden and protect vulnerable plants from future harm. Turning Blue Mondays green, we discuss how gardening can improve your mental as well as your physical well-being and, as always, the latest news on RHS garden events across the UK. But first, the winter weather takes its toll on gardens, small and large. And this winter has done some serious damage in many parts of the UK. Floodwaters may have receded, but the problems they've created are only too apparent. So, what can you do to help your plants recover from the ravages of winter? And are there precautions you should be taking to protect your more vulnerable plants from future harm? Lee Hunt from the advisory team has some advice to help treat winter-damaged gardens and to prevent more problems. I am Lee Hunt. I'm the Principal Horticultural Advisor here at RHS Garden Wisley. I'm here to do a slot on weather because, as many people have noticed, we've had a lot of very severe weather over the last few months. I think, first of all, it's worth just being a bit clear about what's been going on. So the north of the country, north of England, has been particularly wet. And, of course, we've seen that all on the news of the flooding, which has been very severe. Um, Oddly, down in the south, in the southeast, it's been pretty average on the rain. And that still means the ground is quite damp, but we haven't seen that severe uh, condition of the waterlogging, which has been so problematic in the north. We've just also been having a lot more cold weather, which has come as quite a shock after December, which was one of the mildest uh, Decembers on record. On average, it was about five to six degrees warmer than the average December. So what that's meant is a lot of plants have thought, right, spring is coming, they're in flower. And we've seen this a lot with things like the winter flowering Daphnis, Daphne Bollua. Um, That's now got a fantastic pink flowered scented display and things like the witch hazels coming on almost uh, three, four, five weeks in some cases sooner, and the snowdrops again, the early ones, came out in December. So um, it's very, very unusual. Lots of people are asking us, 
what should we do? How should we cope? You know, it's going to be cold. To be honest, there's not much you can do. They're already out. In most cases, these are hardy plants, so um, it won't do the blossom a lot of good, but the plants themselves will survive. You'll see this noticeably on things like Viburnum bodentensi, which has those wonderful clouds of pink blooms that are great against the blue skies at this time of year. They do initially, after the hard frost, go brown and shriveled, but they often then get a second burst of blooms. So sometimes you might want to pick off the worst if it's a really visible plant, say near the front door, but it will get put itself right. Other plants generally don't worry too much. They can look after themselves. For the, the water logging, well, um, if it's just generally very wet, the first thing to do is try and keep off the lawn. Um, what you'll do is by stepping on the surface you'll compact the ground the soil particularly if it's a clay type soil which is very sticky and you'll find that you'll squash the air out so it'll make it more difficult for the grass to grow so you'll find that the lawn is less good so where possible keep off the same principles apply to the the veg plot um, if you've got nice open areas but they're very wet that you'd like to dig just leave them until the ground is drier instead if you've got bare ground and it, it's not too wet think about mulching so manure garden compost get a, a decent layer on the surface to keep down the weeds or it's, as you can dig because it's not so wet dig it in people often worry about whether they should prune their fruit when it's so cold um, generally speaking down to about minus five and seven you can still get away with doing it um, on a day that literally is that frosty um, for most people they'll want to wait until it's a nicer day anyway but if you have to get on you can do it so the final thing really is to also bear in mind that okay we've had mild we've had cold but cold is good for a lot of things like rhubarb they're actually counting the number of hours of cold um, it's a bit like an internal clock and they're almost counting up to work out when spring begins and only once they've had those number of hours will they begin to grow it is a useful thing it's something that we do require so might have come late this year but it still will serve its purpose so to put this in context here at Wisley uh, where the ground is very wet we've really kept off it and it's so tempting because you want to get on and do things in spring but there are plenty of other things as I've been mentioning that you can do so um, it's just been very simply things like we've been clearing and um, paths of all the twigs that have been coming down with the winds. We have been doing things like mulching of the, the beds because here it's very sandy soil, so we can often get away with that. And it, it's been focusing also on towards spring activities, so uh, getting the mowers uh, serviced and ready for the spring season, getting on to that point where we're nearly ready to start seed sowing. Some of the early seeds will get sown in February, so it's getting them ordered, bought, ready to go. Uh, have you got things like the vermiculite to cover the seed? It's chance to get ahead with all those tasks as well. So you just shuffle it around. It, it might sound like you can't get on and do what you want, but just do some of the other tasks earlier first. Lee Hunt, the RHS advice team. The weather may be grim, but there's still plenty to be done outside. Let's see what jobs the teams here at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey are tackling this month. My name is Markus Ratscheid. I'm garden manager here at the RHS flagship garden at Wisley in Surrey. This time of the year is the time when you want to sterilize your glasshouse, when you want to make sure everything is nice, neat and clean 
all debris has been removed, all leaves are gone, so no places for insects, pathogens and uh, other problems are lurking around. It's worth getting some Hyperox. These are amateur products you can use to sterilize your benches in the glasshouse. It's a time of the year when you want to grease the vent brackets and all the brackets are fixed so that the glasses is ready to taking on your spring sowing activities. Going out into the main of your garden, it's a time of the year when you want to start pruning. Visteria pruning is the time topic of this time of the year. In summer you have done already your Visteria pruning back to six eyes and now it's the time when you want to prune back to three buds. This will initiate flowering and you get structure into your Visteria. Take it off from the wall, get your wires realigned, prune it back to three buds, tie it back onto the wall or onto your pillars and then you can expect wonderful flowering later on in April or in May. Back to the vegetable garden. What are you going to plant here? So it's a time when you get your farmyard manure incorporated into your grounds. Go back to your leaf mold pile that you have set up in autumn. Get it out, get it incorporated into your flower beds around your rhubarbs. Get your tools ready, oiled, greased so that everything has been done when the first couple of warm days are coming out. After you have done your Visteria, you have pruned it back to your three buds, move on to your other flowering shrubs. Remember there are two types of shrubs, there's winter flowering shrubs and summer flowering shrubs. Those summer flowering shrubs are flowering on this year's wood, for example your butlias. They want to be pruned fairly soon, back to uh, very short stools, in order for them to produce this year's growth. That's where they're going to flower later on. So your winter flowering shrubs, like your forsythias, like your shimonantos, like all your other shrubs, won't be pruned up until the summer. So keep your secateurs off from them, but look into your summer flowering shrubs. They can be pruned at this time of the year. You can find more information about plants and all aspects of gardening techniques on the advice pages of the RHS website. Go to rhs.org.uk forward slash advice. I'm Jenny Bowden and you're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Remember, RHS members can get free advice on any gardening problem by phone, email or letter. RHS members also get free entry to all four RHS gardens and the opportunity to buy discounted and priority tickets to RHS shows and events. You can find out more about the benefits of becoming a member on our website. Just go to rhs.org.uk forward slash join. Here are some of the RHS events coming up soon. Set hearts aflutter this winter with exotic butterflies among the plants from far off shores in the paradise of the glasshouse at RHS Garden Wisley. Our Butterflies in the Glasshouse event runs until Sunday the 6th of March and is a sure way to banish those winter blues. Admission is free with garden entry, but places are limited. Bookings can be made on the RHS website. If you're looking for a half-term activity with the kids, why not visit RHS Garden Harlow Carr between the 13th and the 21st of February for craft workshops, garden trails and an invisible garden insect laboratory. All activities are free with normal garden admission. 
Enjoy the crisp winter days as we take you on a guided tour of Hyde Hall's woodlands. Tours start at 11 o'clock every Tuesday in January and February. Then enjoy a bowl of soup and cheese scone for just £4. Get to know your garden. Learn how to identify the plants you have or would like to have with Gardening from Scratch Workshop at RHS Garden Rosemore on the 6th of February. Discounted places are available for RHS members. As always, full details of all events and more are on the RHS website. Go to rhs.org.uk forward slash garden events list. Now, for many people, January can be one of the gloomiest months of the year. Light levels are low, it's cold, Christmas and all the associated jollity has passed and summer seems a long way off. It's little surprise that many journalists and commentators have dubbed the third Monday in January Blue Monday, the least happy day of the year, according to some. Research by the RHS and other charities has found that as well as improving your physical health and sense of well-being, gardening can improve your mood and have an active positive role in improving mental health and combating depression. Rebecca Mealy from the RHS science team explains. It's the beginning of the year and we're looking at how gardening can affect our mental and physical well-being and the impact that just actually being in a green environment has on your life. Um, This is something that's very poignant with the RHS at the moment as a lot of our research is based on front gardens because front gardens, everybody can enjoy them. Just as you're walking past down the street, it makes the actual neighbourhood that you live in a more friendly, vibrant place to live. Just not only colour-wise, environmentally, and so it's actually looking at maybe petitioning um, governments and councils to actually think about how their towns and cities are devised and and actually incorporating more green spaces to make a a lot nicer place to live. Um, The majority of the population live in towns and cities and this is only going to be increasing. So it's actually having a proper look at how these towns and cities function and how we can actually reduce the stress. Um, so green spaces, not only are they nice to look at, but the actual green cools the city. So, I mean, everybody's been in a town in the middle of summer, absolutely you know, drenched because it's so hot. And then you go into a park and it's nice, it's cool, you've got a breeze. And it's it, instantly you feel a lot less stress. For this year at the RHS, we've got two PhDs um, students that are looking into influences of gardening on health and well-being. So we've got Laurie-Anne and we're, we're working with her with Sheffield and we're looking at do front gardens influence health and well-being? So this is, you know, again, back to it's a poignant thing to looking at how front gardens can improve our cities and our towns. Then we have Emma White and she's from the University of Surrey and her PhD is examining which elements of garden design are most preferred for restorative properties. So it's actually which bit of the garden is what you find restorative. Is it the trees? Is it the fact that you've got water in there? And it's moving away from the actual natural landscape. And like you think, of, if you think of a, a natural space, you think, oh yeah, trees and grass. And but actually moving into, well, what restorative properties could you bring into towns and cities? 
there is actually quite a lot of research looking into how gardening um, is good for you. One of my favourite ones, though, is how gardening actually reduces the cortisol levels within in the body. Um, so this was some research that was done by Vandenberg and Clusters in 2011. And this was an experiment that was run in Amsterdam where they were looking at um, allotmenteers. Uh, they gave them a set stressful situation and then got them to do some gardening for 30 minutes after the stressful situation, took the swabs before and after, and the the saliva swabs came back with lower cortisol levels after the 30 minutes of gardening. And, you know, that, that just speaks for itself, really. Cortisol, we, we know, is a stress hormone. And just actually having giving yourself that space, that mind space to calm down, to relax, to unwind at the end of the day from a, a hard day's work is is amazing. So if you're feeling down at this time of year, you've got the perfect excuse to get out there, get out into the garden and, and get active and make yourself feel a lot better about yourself and feel lots more positive with gardening and turn your blue Monday into a green Monday. Rebecca Mealy from the science team. Although the skies in January may often be grey, there's still plenty of colour in the garden here at Wisley. And you can inject colour and interest in the winter months into your own garden through the careful use of plants with coloured stems. Matt Pottage, curator at Wisley, explains. So wintertime can still be about colour and still be about a lot of interest. And one of the most vibrant and probably straightforward ways of doing that is with the use of winter stems. And that's through plant groups such as the cornus, the dogwoods, willows, uh, ace and agundos are good, and some tilias are also good. And then also in that category, even though they're, they're less sociable, but very nice to have are the rubus, which are basically the ornamental brambles. They're viciously prickly, uh, but they have lovely white bloom on the stems, and they're great to throw into the mix too. And the main key trends of looking after these plant groups is they're quite hungry and thirsty, you're going to be hard pruning them each spring, so cutting back all the growth to get young, fresh, vigorous regrowth. And it's that regrowth that has the really good colour. So the leaves fall off in the frost and you're left with a stem that's really vibrant. But when you're taking the secateurs to that plant every year and chopping off all that growth at the end of the, the winter, it does put a lot of stress on it. So that plant is going to need moisture and going to need a lot of food to perform well. People may think this is a downtime for us at Wisley in the wintertime, but you can still hear the teams are very much in action. There's still tractors roaring past, there's still people hard at work. And we always talk about the quieter months, but they never seem to happen. There's always plenty to do. Uh, but with those winter stems, they need, they need that kind of extra boost if you're going to get good performance from them, because they obviously exhaust the nutrients in the soil quite quick. The cornice and willow especially like a lot of moisture. So if you've got somewhere that's quite damp, even if it's quite poor draining, they will tolerate that and they'll grow well with that. And then the final thing is fairly good light. Uh, they'll take some overshadowing by, say, other trees or in the north-facing border, but you will get the best results in good full sun. On the back of that, just try and position them where they're going to contrast and complement each other. So there's a lot of cornice varieties that are red and some oranges, you know, if you put all the reds together, you're maybe not going to get the most dramatic effect. But put a white rubus crawling through a red cornice, and when those leaves come off, they're really going to stand out. Some of the cornice are slightly yellowy-green, so look out for those varieties. There's a black cultivar called Kessel Ringii, which is really dark. But again, just be sensible where you place that, because if you've got a darker spot 
also a darker wall and you go and put that in front of it or in front of a darker conifer it's not going to be very vibrant so see it's got a white rubus going through it or maybe underplant it with a white heather that's going to flower and give it a bit of a lift so just think about those colors think about the winter sunshine you know the light levels are often quite low in winter so if you've got quite a dull space or your garden is a darker garden there's other trees nearby look at the rubus things like rubus biflorus is like an electric white color really really bright so think of just the colors and the positioning of those and then finally remember a lot of the salix the willows can get quite big if the soil conditions are good and there's a lot of moisture they're going to put on a lot of extension growth so if you've got a tiny patch maybe look out for one of the corners such as magic flame or midwinter fire which stays a bit shorter so magic flame and midwinter fire they're they're probably some of the most well behaved they're corners sanguinea and they are shorter stems but the color of the stems is really nice it's like several tones of color from quite red on the tip to quite an orangey color uh, at the base and again you get the best performance from those when you hard prune them and then allow that one year growth if some people will say oh they're not very vigorous so you should only take out one third of the wood and if you do that you see the older stems that are left they don't look so good the vibrant color isn't there so i would absolutely recommend hard pruning them giving them a good feed water them if the summer's really dry or plant them somewhere where there's reliable moisture and you're going to get the best results when we cut back the stems in march often it's a very colorful pruning job when we have all these piles of colored stems and people often ask you know can you can we do anything with them can we uh, use them as plant supports or weave with them the answer is yes of course and while they're still flexible you can make wreath rings or you can make some plant supports but the willows are very good at rooting growing again they propagate like big cuttings so if you merrily cut back your willows insert them in the veg garden for your pea and bean supports chances are you're going to get some willow trees going uh, you can take some of the bark off so like ring bark them at the base but as soon as any of the bark is in contact with soil chances are it's going to take root so you do just need to watch that but it's it's not a massive issue to be honest but the willow and cornice if you cut them put them in vases they'll look quite nice in your house for a few weeks what they'll probably do again is start taking root and start coming into leaf so you know if you want some plants for free do that pop them up it's not a bad thing uh, but yeah they're maybe not the most versatile of plant supports unless you want a few trees popping up so you can see all of these stems such as the midwinter fire and the magic flame and a, another one of my favorites actually is called baton rouge uh, all on the winter walk on seven acres around the lake area um, we've got a self-guided leaflet so have a walk around and see what else is on offer matt pottage curator of rhs garden wisley so that's all we have time for in this edition we'll be back in a fortnight until then, remember to follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS and like us on Facebook. For now, from me, Jenny Bowden, and all the RHS Gardening Podcast team, goodbye. Walking down the path in my garden, and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. 
It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine, and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.